Welcome to another episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. Our jobs as engineers are not always coding, mostly coding, but we also have meetings. And one of the common type of meetings is one-on-ones. In today's episode, we are going to talk about one-on-ones and how they can be effective or maybe not effective. Let's go around the table and give introductions of today's panelists. Augustus, you want to start it off? Sure. Uh, I'm Augustus Yoon. I'm a software engineer at Twitch. Hi, I'm Mars. Uh, I'm a software engineer in the Bay Area, and all of my thoughts are my own. I'm Stacy London. I'm a senior front-end engineer at Atlassian, and all my thoughts are Mars's. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix, and I'm hoping to share all my thoughts today. <laughs> In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. And what did we decide that beautiful keyword is today? Advice. Advice. So if we say the word advice from now on, we will all take a drink. All right. Before we dive into talking about one-on-ones, what are one-on-ones? Like, How would you all describe what a one-on-one is and what are they for? Obviously, it's a meeting. That's <laughs> but wait, like, what's, what's the, the point of them? Wait, what's the meme? I'm kind of curious because I love memes. A meeting. It's a meeting. Oh, oh! I th- <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought it was. I thought you said it's a meme. I'm like, oh, I guess right. I can so see it. it. could be a meme. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> there's probably memes out there of it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So it's a meeting. It's a meeting. Yes. There's usually two people, one on one. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Also. Not necessarily with your manager, right? True. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a typical meeting is the one-on-one with your manager. But yeah, it could be with another, like a colleague, another engineer, maybe a partner that you work closely with. Yeah, I think they're basically, like, yeah, the most common thing is a meeting with your team lead or your manager, whatever their title is. And it's a it's like a, a check-in to kind of, for both sides, like, how are you? How are you doing? Are there questions for me? How can I help you? Like there's kind of a, it's a two-way dialogue and it's just a good check-in so that when you eventually have, let's say a performance review at the end of the year, you kind of know where you're at like constantly, like you're always um, checking in on that. So there's no surprises at the, at the end of the year. Yeah. I think one of the main differences, like what you're saying between that and like another meeting is that it's very unstructured or at least the ones that I've been in. I don't know that I've ever really been in a one-on-one with an agenda necessarily. It's sort of just like a good time to put time, FaceTime on the calendar with someone that you need to be sort of maintaining some sort of relationship with. I sometimes have had an agenda. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's not too bad because sometimes you're kind of just like bullets of like, what do I want to talk about? Mm -hmm. Mainly it's been for my own remembering what am I supposed to talk to this person about, but not with everyone. I find like I actually prefer the casual like meeting where it's, what's up? Let's talk. Also, being the manager with someone who reports to me, I look at it as like, I try really hard and I'm not always good at it of not being the one talking. Like I, I want to look at it as a way for the person coming into the meeting is to be able to share what do they want to talk about. Sometimes I might have to share something, some change that's happening or who knows, uh, or ask a status update, which I hate doing as well. Yeah, I, I really like, Stacey, how you said it was a two, two-way dialogue and kind of what you were mentioning, Ryan. Yeah, it it definitely is that kind of dedicated time where you wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable going to the hallway and be like, hey, I want to know how I'm performing and stuff. I, I feel it's a really nice, like, dedicated time that your manager can, well, assuming we're talking about manager, manager can set aside time for you and really, like, check in with you. Um, it's actually really interesting because I love how you don't have, you don't necessarily have an agenda. Um, actually, my manager kind of says, you know, this is your time, you set the agenda. If I have stuff, 
I will call out what the agenda is for that, you know, but it's really like this time is your time, but naturally you kind of have to run the meeting yourself. So you as in the engineer. Yeah. You, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Or I guess designer or whoever. Yeah. Individual contributor of sorts. The IC role. IC role. (laughs) What do you put on your agenda? Ooh. Oh, me? I mean, not very Uh, specifically, but like in generalities, like. Yeah. I'm having a problem with Stacy. Yeah. Help me out. <laughs> Stacy keeps stealing my thoughts. How do I get them back? <laughs> at least, I don't, I don't know. At least for me, I I've definitely seen the value of one-on-ones a lot more. I used to really not know what to use them for. The way I've used them is really sharing some of the things that I I feel I've been doing because I feel sometimes my manager doesn't get the visibility of the work that I get to do all the time. He's not always following me. That'd be really creepy. But he he has he has so many meetings that sometimes it's nice to just share some of the wins that I have. And then also, if I'm ever curious, like how I'm performing or what I could be doing better, I try to ask for that feedback. Um, like it's like a two way dialogue, you know. Always like checking in. That's great. I think some team leads, yeah, they have maybe a lot, or managers have um, a huge number of people that report to them too. So like. It is. It w- I would imagine it would be hard to keep track of, like, yeah, all the little wins or things that you feel like you did well on during the week. Like, they may not know. So that's like that's awesome. It is a good opportunity to just like promote yourself, talk about the things that have gone well, but also maybe things that could have gone better too, yes. and, and also looking for ways that you can get help from someone, you know, or advice on Cheers. what to do better. Cheers. Cheers. How long do you typically meet with someone one on one? Three to four hours. Wow. Oh really? Time. That's an intense meeting. <laughs> no, oh. <laughs> that's a nightmare. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And then what's the cadence? Like once a day, once a three day, three to four right? hours. Yeah, once that, a day. that sounds very. That sounds very productive. Very I like, scalable. Wow. I was like, "Wow, I must have a small brain because I can't even fill like <laughs> half an hour usually." Yeah. And like sometimes once a week, I've had some team leads that want it once a like want to do that once a week, but. I almost feel like sometimes that might be too much depending on your team size. Like if your team lead is at your stand, let's say you do standups. If they're at your standups every day and they kind of have an idea of like what you're doing, maybe once a week is too much because you're like, they already kind of are around everything that's happening. Um, but I think every two weeks seems good for me. Like I, I like that cadence. That's usually typically what I've scheduled for even my direct reports and especially as my team has gotten larger it's been like okay well that's easier to just kind of space them out but also i want people to not wait for the one-on-one like if there's something that comes up throw time on the calendar or just grab me because that's important as well i meet with engineers on my team i meet with my manager i meet with other managers in the company or people that i partner with and so the cadence can actually differ and even the time like my manager for the longest time we were meeting like an hour weekly it was kind of a status and for my own personal growth, but also like sometimes just talking about team oriented things, especially when it was just him and I managing the team. That was very valuable. It was kind of a mix of strategic. But yeah, it, it varies. I think sometimes I meet with someone once a month or maybe once a quarter. Like, so I've even had some that are in cadences like that. Yeah, no, no, I guess. Well, I mean, it really depends on the person sort of like to, to Ryan's point. Um, Like with my manager, it's half hour every two weeks. And even sometimes like that doesn't feel like quite enough. But I mean, a half hour can go by really quickly, especially um, as in my situation, if you're new to the company, like I have a lot to learn about how we operate. And also there's I have a lot of questions about you know, just general career stuff. And, but when it comes to sort of anybody else, I, I sort of do it in like an ad hoc way, um, especially with sort of like relationships that I'm building on the team. It's really more 
informal. It's kind of like just enough time to walk across the street and get a coffee, walk around the block, come back. And that can that can actually be really productive, even if it's short. Yeah, I think it's a good way too. is like even just doing like that as a more casual thing is you're also you're building trust and getting to know someone. And that's like a one on one can be very valuable for that. Uh, interesting, Mars, too, going back to you're saying like being new to a company and I think that's another time where I've almost like over scheduled like when someone's new because there are so many questions and it's like a lot of times like someone will have a legit bulleted list of agenda it's like I have all these questions I'm like great let's go through them Um, so it might even be like once a day or like maybe I do schedule an hour or like there's a couple times where I'll do more especially early on in the first like couple weeks yeah definitely have you have any of you like narrowed down what I, I guess you talked about how you like half an hour might be too little. Like when I when I moved from Evernote to Twitch, it was interesting because I had one week half an hour and it moved to every two weeks one hour. Um and I I personally like the two week cadence more because I feel like there's just a lot more to talk about. Um yeah, the half an hour ones is like, oh, we just talked last week and it's just it I, at least for me it didn't feel like there's enough meat sometimes to talk about stuff. Um, granted we don't really go to an hour. That, that's why when you said three hours, I was like, Oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of nice though, setting that time aside. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. even if you don't fill it up, I mean, it's, it's perfectly exactly. reasonable to be like, Hey, we don't have anything else to talk about. Like, yeah, we can always, is over. Exactly. Don't fill the time. Yeah. I love that. But sometimes it can be really hard to get time with your manager or really with anyone on the team, depending on like what's going on or how your team is structured. So that actually sounds pretty nice just to have that hold there. Yeah, yeah. And there there have been like rare times where we have hit an hour. Um, and that's because there was a lot to talk about. But most of the time it's like it's just a little more than half an hour. So perfect, you know, half an hour is too short. <laughs> half an hour is also really too short when I don't know. everyone's late to the meeting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you have every company has the traditional like five minutes, you know. You and now it's the, a 25 minute meeting. Yeah. yeah. It's, and that's when, it, that's when it gets really, really short. So how do you all think about getting the most value out of a one-on-one, especially with your manager? If we talked about like getting feedback or getting advice. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I think what's not valuable is status reports um that's the stuff i don't like i don't want the one-on-one to be like tell me the status of the current project you're working on you're like that's not what this is should be for stand-up is for that yeah or totally. like an email or there's many ways that you can get it and the one-on-one shouldn't really yeah. be that. i think it's easy to go there i think that's like such a default because it's so easy to talk about because like that is the easier stuff the one-on-one could be more about you know like there's more emotional impact there and there's more emotional topics. So it is harder to talk about those things. So sometimes you just default to project status, but try not to let it go there. It's like more, much more valuable when it's like, how are you feeling? Are you feeling positive? Or, you know, like that kind of stuff I think is really huge. Yeah. I think sometimes I've even had the, where we talk a little bit of the status things, but it's even trying to get at, well, how's the project going? Not so much of, Oh, we're here. It's like maybe a date slipped. And it's like, well, why did it? Like, what could we, have, you know, it's like trying to like pull something more out of it than just a status update. But yeah, oftentimes that's where things are going. So I'm working on this and it's like, okay, cool. Like what's, what else? Like, so we can kind of go a little bit deeper. I think that's really interesting too, that you mentioned that because I, I find that sometimes it really depends on like the space that the other person makes for you, if that makes sense, yes. like the emotional space, sort of like what is you, the other person on the other side of the one-on-one expecting out of it. But I actually really appreciate one-on-ones when it's sort of just like, 
it starts out with like, hey, how are you doing? And then the deeper stuff comes out of some sort of random conversation that you kind of didn't expect to be having. Um, and I think actually that's the power of a good one-on-one and a good manager who kind of just is there for you. And then all of a sudden you realize that you've uncovered something that you didn't know was there. You just like blurred it out. You're like, <laughs> kind of. Oh. I don't. I don't know if you ever knew this, Ryan, but you were really, really good at doing that. Um, I well, would. I was often, like, firstly, my using my first question, Mars right. was like, I would often. How's it going? <laughs> I would often come in and just rant, and then from there, there would there would eventually be something productive in that. But it it was really, really useful on like an emotional level to be able to let it go, but also to like actually just have someone listen and be like, I'm I'm hearing this. Like this is how we move forward. So I, I'm kind of so. This is where like it starts to look like it's my turn, but I don't really know what to say. So <laughs> I'm gonna do a 180. I was kind of curious for Ryan, since you're a manager, is there anything you wish people told you um, more or something? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think about it is trying to to think a little bit broader about uh, what someone wants for their career growth. I think that's always one that. I'll often ask, and it's not something that you want to talk about. Like, you're not going to talk about that every single one-on-one, but having people think about, like, what what do they want to be doing? Uh, what are things that we can work together on in order to make those things happen? Because uh, maybe it's like you want to do more leadership or you want to do more technical depth or just certain types of projects. And I think those types of conversations are really good to have with your manager. So there's the future thinking of growth uh, for your own personal growth. But even what about your team and the the things that maybe we could be investing time in from a technical standpoint, like engineers are closest to these problems. And so raising some of the concerns or like, hey, I think we need to change something in order to be more productive or have better quality. We should be investing here is like having those types of conversations. I really enjoy it's like also trying to encourage people to think future and not just think about the very tactical in the moment projects that we're doing, making sure that that we're thinking a little bit broader on investment. I love how you bring that up because, you know, we have a meeting called retrospectives where we kind of, you know, formally think about the past sprint, you know, how did it go? What processes failed? But sometimes it's really hard to really act on those. It's really just nice to like talk it out with your manager. Like, so I sometimes have used that space um, to do that. So yeah. Cause maybe your manager could like the, maybe yeah. the retro item is something that you need more than you couldn't, you couldn't just affect that change on your own. You need help or you need maybe, um, time, project time, roadmap time or whatever, then you can like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, talk about that. And that's, and then your manager does have some of that power. So they might be able to help with that if it makes sense. Or even just like the visibility. Like I remember there was this one time I was kind of annoyed at another team. I can't remember when or where. And then my manager was like, oh yeah, actually that's because they're working on this huge project. And you know, they're like, I did not know that. Hmm. <laughs> so I think that's important too. Like I often think of my role is to also provide insights into future things or why we're doing certain things like that type. I want to answer those types of questions. Going back to Gus's question too of like what I would want. One thing I don't get a lot of is feedback for myself. And that's one I'm like always want to hear is how could I be doing better? And maybe it's like even just I did something wrong, especially directed at like one of my direct reports. It's like could they have just given that feedback so that I know. So I think that's always helpful too. And people people shy away from that usually. I was actually going to ask how everyone else deals with that in terms of giving advice Ooh. Cheers. 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 <laughs> to their managers, especially when there's um there's obviously like a power dynamic involved in in that sort of like space. I mean, it can be it can be scary 
I think you have to, before you can do that, you have to have built up the trust in that relationship. And the, the way to do that is for, you know, like what you said, what Mars, you were saying earlier, like when Ryan, you'd say, how are you feeling or how are you doing? If, if you have a manager that never asks you that and is like, what's the status of this project? Like you're not building that trust to say like that you feel comfortable with them being, uh, taking that, uh, feedback that you're giving them and not being, you know, not doing something terrible with it, like not holding it against you, but being open and honest and like that trust, building that trust to have that conversation. Um, that takes a little bit of time. It's earned. Like it's that, earned, it's, right? I, I think that's important. Even I'm asking for the feedback. It's on me to also build that trust too. I think that's really important. You're right. There's always this, unfortunately, there is a level of power dynamic, which I don't, I don't think there should be, but it's like, it's hard when there's a title thing. Manager, I don't know about that one as much, but when you get into like director or VP, I really feel like there's this like automatic, oh, that person's a VP. It'd be really nice to just remove that feeling altogether so that you can feel comfortable giving someone that feedback. But yeah, you're not going to just go up to some random person and be like, I've got feedback for you because you have no idea how that's going to react. Yeah, you have to build the trust. Yeah. And like, you will see it over time. You'll see that manager, how they behave, how they give and receive feedback so that comfort level will increase to be like oh i can be constructive and like you know say like hey i wish you would have done this um in this meeting that would have been helpful and you know that that's going to be like positive i really like that you brought that up because um being on the other side of that in terms of like wanting to give advice to someone especially in a power dynamic and not being able to you saying that makes it feel like less of a failure on the 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 other person and I, I think that's really really interesting that you pointed that out because it really is a two-way street especially in that particular relationship um so it's it, it's good to, to bring that up cheers. cheers oh did i say the word yeah yep. oh. <laughs> cheers speaking of the the manager one on one because we've talked a lot about that i saw a post on twitter someone had tweeted this not that long ago like a couple weeks ago that someone was like does anyone else dread their one-on-one every single week or bi-weekly or whatever it is Stacey you're nodding your head do you honestly sometimes dread that and why I don't currently but kind of like to what Mars mentioned before like if you have uh if you feel comfortable and there's trust with your with your manager psychological safety these kinds of things you um you won't dread them because it won't it's not a stressful scenario but it can be um if you if you have a manager who is um has you can you've seen them take like retribution on someone or you've seen them you know do things that break that trust then you're like oh i don't know i don't really want to talk to this person and like and it, it is very hard and you dread them you don't you don't feel comfortable you don't feel like there is trust and um yeah so it's possible yeah i think there was a time when i dreaded one-on-ones because it was kind of an awkward shift of teams and temporary manager and stuff and i think the thing that made me I don't know if dread is the right word, but I just wasn't comfortable going to them because I felt that the one-on-ones was hurting the relationship between me and my manager more than it was like helping it. Like it was really hard to like, you know, find ways to connect and not talk about work, you know, like especially like in the temporary manager case, it's like, hey, you know, I want to talk about career growth. They might not, they're not going to be your manager forever. So they, it's hard for them. It's to like, come. you know, that going into yeah, it. Yeah. Like so I feel term. that is, that was a time when it was really hard to 
look forward to <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to use the word dread, but yeah, that was, was I stole that more from the tweet because that was exactly what it was said. Yeah. And I was like, interesting. And I was trying to think about it. I'm sure I have at some point. Sometimes even I think maybe there's been times where I've thought I didn't do well on something. And then so you're feeling like maybe not good and that like, oh, am I going to get a bunch of feedback on this? And I already know that I didn't do that well. Uh, so I think sometimes I've maybe felt like that, but I've never like dread like that one. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I've been that extreme. Yeah, it's probably more of like it, the it's pretty to- probably a, to- a toxic environment and it's not, you know, most people on the team are probably dreading it. It's, it's like a, a bad situation for, for everyone. But yeah, it's possible. <laughs> Which to me is probably like a bigger question of like, especially if it's like it's on the manager, it's like probably talk to HR or talk to like their manager. Like if it, if it's that bad, I'm like, that's a clear sign that something's wrong. There are some, and then there's like um, personality types. Like some, some people you feel incredibly comfortable talking to. Like they, I don't know what, I, I, I have a hard time yeah. articulating what, what the characteristics are, but some people make you feel very comfortable talking to them. They look you directly in the eye. They have this ease about them. You can just, casually chat they're good at making conversation so it's easy to have that one-on-one but you can also have like someone who doesn't have that personality and they're kind of awkward and they stumble around words and it sounds kind of fake when they say like things and so then then it just becomes awkward and so it's not like you dread them but they're you're more like Uh, another awkward (laughs) another awkward situation yeah well they can be a lot of work you know like even regardless of personality too whether it's there can be like the good one-on-ones there can be the bad one-on-ones and then there can be the ones that are just kind of like what do i do for a half hour you know a half hour can be we were talking about how it's a short amount of time but it can be a really long time if you're you're sitting there in silence yeah Yeah. precisely (laughs) it's sort of it's hard um especially with someone if you're trying to build a relationship and sort of you're like the other person's not reciprocating with that work that you were that you're trying to do it's it can be really tough to be like oh there's a half hour out of my day where i'm just gonna fiddle about them <laughs> so we talked about this idea of dreading the one-on-one <laughs> and kind of alluded to some of the things that could be bad but i'm curious like have you what is like really made bad one-on-ones obviously like we just talked about someone not really being that easy to talk to stacy you even kind of said like they almost people need to be genuine. Like that's kind of what I heard what you're saying. And yeah. I, I think that's really true is in order to build a relationship and trust, you actually have to care about the person, someone who doesn't listen to you and just talks over you. That's a bad one on one. And I've definitely had that many times. Yeah, basically a lecture. Yeah, yeah, like you go yeah. in wanting a lot of information and you only get through one or two questions because each one was its own lecture. Um, that can be really, really tough. I I, I want to echo a lot of the things said. Um, you, Mars touched on this before too, but you know, sometimes you just want to rant. And then I feel this isn't even just in one-on-ones, but in everyday life with friends. Sometimes when you tell problems to your friends and they say, hmm, you know, it sounds like this person is telling me this problem because they want advice from me. Cheers. <laughs> and, <so> then- <laughs> and then they go into a lecture mode and, and start telling you, you know how you should approach this? And you just start thinking, you're just like, oh God, I've made a mistake. <laughs> no, I, I know exactly yeah, what you're getting. About- sometimes you just, you're not looking for a solution. And sometimes that's like hard for the other person too, because they're like, I want to help you. But that person really is just kind of looking to vent and share this and kind of get it off. And, and maybe like, 
a good way to approach that if you're that person hearing the person vent is ask them as like, hey, would, are there things I could help with? Yes. Are, yes. You know, are you looking for a solution? Actually truly understand instead of just like, all right, I got this perfect solution for you. This is how you're going to fix all your problems. It's like, <laughs> no, I wasn't looking for that. So that could make a bad one-on-one. I think that's a really mature manager thing to, to a characteristic would be to say, are you looking for me to help you with a solution or you just want to like... It's a simple question. Yeah. So I think this kind of could get at a example of bad one-on-ones. I've had this happen, not at Netflix, so it's not at my <laughs> manager now, but I've had managers in the past that would constantly cancel or move them, my oh, one-on-ones. Yes. And that was actually really frustrating because it was like, oh, I just felt like not important. And, yes. and that that's something I've strived for my entire time is like, I have moved one-on-ones. They are easier to reschedule than a large meeting, but they don't get like completely canceled or just like moved out for a month or something like that. That to me is just really bad. And or like forget, you know, forgetting to schedule um, an important one-on-one at all. Like that kind of stuff is bad, right? Like not just not maybe not even moving them, but But not even having one scheduling like that kind of stuff, right? Like it makes you feel like you're not important. And would you feel comfortable like calling if you were reporting to me and I was like moving it? Would you say anything? Uh, I mean, if it was like a repeated thing, yeah. Yeah. I think once in a while, yeah, no big deal. But like, yeah, if it was like constantly happening, you're like, um. I think that really speaks to the dynamic too, especially if like that's the only FaceTime you have with your manager or like yep. at all, even outside of your one-on-one and then it keeps getting rescheduled. I just can't, I can't even imagine being able to give someone that feedback right. in the first place. Because you almost already feel like the power dynamic has really kicked in at that point. It's yeah, like, oh, you don't even I'm, have a rela- I'm not even important. Right. And you don't have the relationship. And you don't have a relationship with them at all because that's your relationship building time and yep. it keeps getting moved around. Right. I'm, I'm pretty fortunate because I, I haven't experienced this at, at Twitch so far. But yeah, I also hate it when the managers or someone, you know, this could be on on the on any, either side of the party but when they're late and which is you know acceptable but then they don't really make the extra time to kind of it's basically just lost dedicated time especially if the one-on-one is characterized as this is your time and then all of a sudden they're they're late and then they don't make more time for it it's i'm guilty for being late augustus i'm well, always a couple and, minutes actually, late i've seen managers handle this or well people who do one-on-ones well, where they say, hey, you know, I'm running a little late. We can reschedule uh, to a later time. Or, you know, they'll come to the one-on-ones. Like, if you want more time, let's, let's reschedule. Let's let's reschedule. Or, yep. you know, if you feel, communicate. A- absolutely. I think it's being yeah. really open and like making the time. Yeah, because at least then you feel they cherish your time. They value your time. You know, they're thinking of you. Where they're like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm late. I actually have another meeting after this. Yeah. Um, but anything you want to talk about is like, <laughs> Uh, clearly no because you gotta go somewhere yeah and they're really like communicating that they i mean like we've all said it that they value you and they respect you as opposed to oh just another thing on the checklist and we're done done <laughs> which i mean see you in two weeks right which comes through in the meeting too even if they don't have the time but when sort of like all those things are, are coming together and you're like okay well i'm just another cog in the machine see ya <laughs> harder to build the relationship and trust at that point yeah you're like, completely. i think that's hard too because i can't imagine that if you have if you're carrying around those feelings and you're carrying around that dynamic that you're going to really listen to anything that per- the person you're having a one-on-one with has to say. I can't imagine that makes for an effective team all around if if, mm-hmm. if it's your manager primarily that you're that's doing that that you're sort of listening to them and aligning with them and carrying through team goals 
that aren't just your own. Mm-hmm. And that could really have a rippling effect if that manager does it with there's maybe 10 people on the team and they're doing that with that 10 people. So now everyone on the team feels like that could be very unhealthy. Yeah. And like one thing I think is not necessarily like indicative of um, like a bad one on one. But it, it um, if let's say a, a manager has like way too many people reporting to them and they like get into the one-on-one with you and they like bring up something on their computer like okay so last time we talked about click 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 like not remembering the last Mm. conversation they had with you um i can't fault them because that's you have so many people reporting to and like that's good that they have notes and they're referring to them but it feels very like oh you don't remember what we talked about at all like it feels strange it's kind of like I guess like when you're, it's the same thing about like being in an interview with someone and you're just typing away and not looking them in the eye and like, it's just something about that interaction. That the one-on-one is one of those situations similar to the interview where it's, there shouldn't be a computer. Yeah. It sounds hard. I want to empathize with managers also in the one-on-ones because there's like a, it sounds like from what we're saying, um, that there's a lot that you need to be thoughtful of in terms of like how you treat that relationship. And yeah. that can be a lot of work for some people. I think it can be emotionally overwhelming. Like I think if yeah. you're like a therapy session, like you're constantly <laughs> <laughs> taking on the emotions of like every person on your team in some way. We were talking earlier about like dreading some of the one-on-ones. And I think one that is kind of scary and can also, depending on the skip level person, be really bad as a skip level one-on-one, which is when you are not meeting with your manager, but potentially your manager's manager or someone sort of even further higher up the chain, depending on your hierarchy. And that can be really scary because it's unclear what the expectations are, how that's going to affect your career, how that's going to affect your work. Um, what are they expecting from you? And obviously there's always kind of like, I'm sure we all have the the need or the want to impress someone who's like higher up as well. I mean, including our manager, but you know, it's sort of proportional to the number of of levels away from you. And that can be really scary. It's just sort of like, what is this time used for? And there's anxiety around it too, because you feel like, oh, like my manager has meetings all day. They're really busy. Oh, they must, you know, my manager's manager must be very busy and like their time is really important. And so you get this anxiety about like, I don't want to waste their time. I want to have this be a good, productive conversation. And it's a little bit more, I don't know. I don't know why it feels like more pressure. No, it it makes sense. And honestly, if we go back to the trust aspect, you're not meeting with this person probably as much. Like, like, I think that's already, that could absolutely play into it. I get naturally feeling like, oh, this person's busy and I don't want to waste their time. But like, they made time, right? Like, that's time set aside for a reason. I don't think if, they didn't have time for it. They didn't think it was important. They probably just wouldn't have it at all. But I think of ways that could be better is if you're meeting with them is coming prepared. What can you get from them? I think if you're talking to someone who's higher up in the company, what are some of the visions? That, like, what are some of the things that I should be thinking about? And so I think there are ways that you can uh, like get some value out of it. And probably to Mars's point, you can impress them pretty well, too, is like if you're thinking strategic or like trying to like ask the right questions and and get something really valuable out of that then it's like they walk away and go, well that was that was a useful meeting too that's so interesting because i don't have skip level yeah i actually know come to think of it i haven't had one where i am now but previously at netflix skip levels were actually pretty common i think they are important too is like like i said if it was like unhealthy meeting with your manager like I've encouraged my team is like, if you have a problem with me, I mean, please tell me uh, (laughs) so that I can fix it and work on it. But if I'm not hearing it, if I'm not hearing the feedback and doing something about it, yeah, 
go to my manager or go to HR because like that sucks to have a manager that you're like, I don't want to be around this person. <laughs> um, so I think skip levels should happen is like they should be also checking on their direct reports being like the managers too, is like should get feedback and hear that from the team. One thing that uh, skip levels are good for, um, I found is that they're enough, they're abstracted enough away from maybe the work that you're doing that they're a good person to check in with to be like, what are you hearing about the work that we're doing or what do you like what's your perception of how this project is going cuz they're mm. they're not super far away but they're enough where they might give you more insight if like maybe the project's going great but they're they don't think so and like figure out why like that's really helpful ooh i like that like what's the perception of mm-hmm. this and like what have you heard? Mm-hmm. Even that. Yeah, that is, that is really cool. I really like yeah, that. I like that a lot. Try that in my next one. Yeah. <laughs> spicy. Hot take. I think that's a good segue into like even before into picks uh, is what's one piece of advice that you could all give someone? Maybe it is a skip level or maybe it is just going into the next one-on-one with a peer or a manager. Like what's something, a piece, single piece of advice that someone could take away? Cheers. Cheers. I think Mars, maybe you were the first one to mention it at the beginning of the episode was that one-on-ones aren't necessarily just with managers. And so my piece of advice would be if you're a more senior person on the team, maybe set up little one-on-ones with people that are either more junior or, um, or if you see someone that like maybe you see them struggling or you know that you might have good advice for them or Maybe they have advice for you also. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> cheers all around. Set up a like a one-on-one with that with that person, a um, a peer one-on-one. Those can be super, super helpful. And yeah. and help build trust in the team too. Yeah. We actually, um, to that point, have a cool system on our team called um it's like our team coffee club. And it's like literally a random Slack bot that pairs you with someone once a week. To get to know people, to just like go to go have like a one-on-one coffee with someone. I kind of like that it's sort of like outward and it's sort of like not someone you would think to associate with otherwise. But yeah, we have that actually for lunches. I think that's that is I haven't done it, but yeah, you can just be like, <laughs> I have time, and then it will like find it will match you up with someone. Yeah, I think that I like I like that. That's that's always hard to remember coming into a company, sort of like making the one-on-ones and the time with people who are not your manager yeah and those i'll even like the one that you said you might get paired up with someone you never work with Mm -hmm. but you'll learn something more in the business and like you know some other aspect that you just don't necessarily need to know but you might connect the dots and like learn something that's really valuable i like that yeah for me something that's really helped me especially when i was new to like working i literally didn't know and felt too early to like always talk about career because honestly i didn't even know what i wanted to do to move forward is really just being upfront and saying, you know, hey, what would like make this one-on-one useful? I've like I've found that certain manage like every everyone is different, and so how they want to use the time and what is best for their time is is different. And so sometimes it just helps to be like, you know, what would be the best way to use these one-on-ones with you? Because um, some sometimes you get different answers and, you know, you can focus on different things. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think even in that vein, it's also like important for you to talk through what you're like, what are your goals out of it, too? Uh, I think my one piece of advice is ask your especially if it's with your manager, constantly ask them for feedback. How could I be doing better? Just like making sure to check in on that. I think it's a good, valuable way. You may not always get constructive feedback. Maybe it even just 
they'll give you positive feedback like continue doing these things but it's really good to know that and you can get ahead of things like if you are worried about like a bad performance review or something like that you're kind of going to know where you always stand with your manager so i think asking that on a regular cadence can be very valuable all right so Let's get into this episode's picks. In each episode, we love to share picks of things that we found interesting. Let's go around the table and share picks. Augustus, what do you got? Ooh, sure. Uh, I have two picks. One is uh, this GitHub repository called Playwright. It's uh, made by Microsoft. Um, so a little context on this is, um, have any of you heard of Puppeteer? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Puppeteer is this, um, for people who haven't heard of it, is this um, automation framework where you can run automation integration tests on Chromium. Um, this is actually made by the people who used to be at Google um, and were on the Puppeteer team. Um, I guess they're part of Microsoft um, and they made a Playwright, which is um, kind of the same thing, but it supports every browser. So they've made an API where you can do Firefox, you can do Safari. Um, and it's a pretty intuitive API. And I, I, I just thought it was like really cool. So Probably something worth check out. Oh, really? Yeah. I was just like, ooh, this looked interesting. So I haven't tried it yet. So pretty excited. Um, And then my second pick is uh, this article called uh, AWS in Plain English. Um, So Twitch is now an Amazon company. So we use a lot of AWS and you'll hear people say EC2, you know, Terraform and all this stuff. And I like made like index cards to like, freaking memorize all these acronyms and then i found this website called aws in plain english and they literally have um uh what what it is what it should have been called um and you use it for x thing and then they give you something to compare it to so for example there was one yes so rds uh should have been called amazon sql and you use this to <laughs> and you use this to be mysql so rds is a, it stands for relational database service my flashcards are working very well and they say it's like Heroku Postgres or something. So I thought it was a really good article if you use AWS. So I also think that's great advice that you like just made flashcards because <laughs> I think that's, I mean, especially with technical terms or acronyms. Oh my God, the acronyms. For the longest time, uh, SLA. Uh, stand, so there's two, apparently there's two meanings for this. There's a SLA service level agreement which is something where, which is where, you know, tickets, um, certain priority after a certain amount of days, you need to like address it. So you define some, like maybe 30 days, you'll address this ticket. Apparently there's also another one, service latency um, acceptance, which is how we describe uh, the latency for certain microservices. So you might say, hey, what's the SLA for this service? And they'll tell you, oh, like the P99 is X x whatever so people would always just like toss around this oh you know what's the sla for this service and i'd be like yeah probably like 30 days or something <laughs> like that <laughs> like you know like yeah you know we'll we'll get to it you know but, we'll, but even in that you know, point come up with a new acronym <laughs> it's like so we're doing story time about acronyms my favorite one was uh, pos oh, what? <laughs> what? What? Yes. So when i worked at Coles, that's point of sale yeah but oh. like that's not what it maps to in my head. <laughs> nope. All right, Mars, what do you have? One of them is more along the front end spectrum. There's um, someone at work sent me this talk um, 
from React Conf about StyleX, which is uh, Facebook's new CSS and JS framework, which is not open source yet, but seems super, super interesting in terms of like having statically analyzable like CSS and JavaScript and all of that stuff. And actually they make a really interesting point in there about accessibility, about why you should program your styles using REMs versus pixels and how it dynamically like does all the math for zoom levels and browsers and stuff. Anyways, it was fascinating. Um, it's really, really short. It's only about like 14 minutes. So if you've got some time, I would recommend it. And then the second one's more fun and it's called Spotify's pet playlist because if you didn't know, you could have a playlist based on music you love that's also not going to drive your pet crazy <laughs> when you work from home. So <laughs> oh, um, interesting. I'm a little skeptical of the concept, but I was reading on their FAQ just now because I was more curious about how they put it together. And actually it's, it was made with like a musicologist who has um, composed two albums of music for cats. So, <laughs> so they're they're an expert in this field. They're experts in this field. He's like a master cellist, but um, yeah. So it's supposed to it's supposed to have music that you love, also catered to your various animals' personalities. Because <laughs> it does ask you about your animals and their various energy levels. So I may have to try this. It's pretty. I thought it was entertaining, and the animations and the illustrations are quite cute. So love it. Very cool, Stacy. <laughs> she kind of stole your music pick. I know. So. I can't follow that. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I have two picks. The first one is I, I rarely have picks. I usually do music ones, but I was like, oh, this is a good one for one-on-ones. It's a, an article by Laura Hogan called Manager Handoffs. And it's a, um, it's about, it's called like one-on-one-on-one. And so it, you're transitioning managers. Um, and you basically set up a time with your new manager and your old manager and you. And it's to go over like, all the things like maybe your last performance review, how are things going, but you do it to um, build that sort of bridge and transition so stuff doesn't get lost. Like it is hard to switch managers and especially if it's like maybe in the middle of a performance year, like what if the new manager loses all the context of the stuff that you worked on? And if you don't tell them that, like maybe they won't have it. It's just like this nice thing to do to kind of make sure there's consistency. I believe I've read that article too. Yeah. yeah. it's it's. I old. mean, she's great too. Yeah. It's from 2017. It's not like, uh, super new, but um, the concept, I mean, that happens regularly. Uh, and then the second pick is a, a music pick. Um, it's The song is called Illusion of Time by Daniel Avery and Alessandro Cortini. Um, kind of minimalist. Uh, you might recognize Alessandro uh, from his work with Nine Inch Nails, but this song sounds nothing like a Nine Inch Nails song. It's It's very chill. <laughs> all right. I have two picks, which actually have not, not related to the topic at all. Uh, one is a, I don't know if it's on Android, but I have it on my, um, iOS device. It's for photographers. Uh, it's called Sky Candy and it's an app rates the sunrise and sunset. Like it tries to predict them, which is awesome. Uh, there's an actual, I found that the, the API that's out there as well. So there is an API that pulls in the different weather and conditions to try and predict how good of a sunrise or sunset it's going to be. I find it really useful because there's been many times I've woken up super early to take some photos and the sunrise is terrible. So this is really, really helpful. My second pick is every year, I don't know, I've done this for a few years now. I always find it very hard to keep track of all the great conferences out there. I have a list for 2020 on my GitHub. So it's 2020 conference. Definitely there's already a lot of conferences on the list and I'm sure I'm missing a ton, but yeah, people have even been adding to it, which is great. Uh, it helps me keep track of them all. So uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. 
For in the episode, let's all go around and where can people get in touch with you? Yes, you can uh, get in touch with me at um, Twitter, Ogberto, A-U-G-B-U-R-T-O. I actually am not really on Twitter, so you can find me on Instagram at Mars Josephine with a P-H, not an F. And I'm Stacy Londoner on Twitter. And I'm at Burgess D. Ryan on Twitter. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. You can follow Front End Happy Hour on Twitter at Front End HH. And you can find us at frontendhappyhour.com. I think we actually have an Instagram too at Front End HH as well. Any last words? This is a quiet one on one.